Hello, everybody. Hey, it's almost Thanksgiving. I can't believe it. And we have a brand new show for you. We have Casey from Oregon on and he is a dad and husband and he is doing some awesome peer support out there and he's been paralyzed for for quite a long time. So, hey, Casey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's nice to meet you over Zoom. Yes, nice to you meet know? you too. It's <laughs> almost in person. It kind of is. It's way better than over the phone, right? True. Yeah. So this is your first podcast. I know that, right? So it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I'm surprised. How did you never be on a podcast before? You seem like you, you know, you're doing a lot of peer support kind of stuff. So that's a great question. I've been on Zoom a million times, but never a podcast. But it's it's always been in the back of my mind that I wanted to participate in one. So this is perfect. This is a good one. We've been doing this for a while, like 40 plus episodes. And so, yeah, I don't think we've interviewed anybody from Oregon before. So we'll talk about the beaches there. I know there's some accessible stuff happening out there, right? Yeah, there are. I, yeah. Oregon has some beautiful beaches too. I know. I just thought about that. But yeah, so let's start from the beginning. Now, let's just kind of do a bio, if you don't mind. Uh, where are you from? How old are you? That kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. So my name is Casey Moore. I am 42 years old and I am from uh, Southern Oregon, uh, the Medford area. Medford. Right. So and a Europe C5, 6 quad, right? Or what's your level? Yep. C5, C6 complete. Complete. Right from the mid chest down, right? You got it. Yeah. Typical complete. Um, um, no triceps, kind of weak biceps, uh, mm -hmm. some shoulder movement. No hand or finger. I got one of my wrists back on my right, but not on my left. <laughs> yeah, that C6 is tricky sometimes when you have a C5-6 injury. So how were you injured? How long were you injured and stuff? So it was 22 and a half years ago, uh, mm -hmm. spring of 2000. And I had gotten off uh, work. I was working the graveyard shift at the time. And I got up at 7 in the morning. And instead of going home and going to bed like a responsible person, I went out golfing with some buddies. And uh, it was probably 11 in the morning and I hit my ball into some water and was like, oh, I'm going to dive in and get it. It's a beautiful day. And uh, of course, I clipped a rock and broke my uh, neck on the golf course. On the golf course. So there was like a pond at the golf course, right? Yeah, it was more like a creek. But um, yeah. Shyster. Yes, yes, that is this crux of the dive. I have a diving accident as well. Not on a golf course, but... I, yeah, it's, it's, isn't there just like that level of like, oh man, I, so um, isn't it just like that? I think anyone with paralysis can relate to this, just that one moment in time, right? It just, and that's it. It's crazy, right? Or what were your thoughts when you realized, when you realized that you, what happened and that the dude, their friends pull you out? Yeah. And you know, so I, I was, it's a, I'm from a tiny little coastal town, Gold Beach. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, our population was maybe 2200 and I really had no clue even like what a spinal cord injury was mm -hmm. and so I, I remember when I hit a, the rock and I, I like tried to swim up and I couldn't move anything oh and like God. at the time I thought like okay I just hit my head really hard and I, I wasn't really understanding what happened right. and I was like laying there holding my breath and my friends told me like they thought I was you know goofing around and yeah. then they realized okay it's been it's been a long time and so um, then they came in and picked me up and carried me up up, up the bank of the creek and laid me out mm. on that course. So did they have an ambulance come take you to the hospital then and all that? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think once they got me out, they realized even before I did that, like, okay, this this isn't normal. This is something serious. Right. Oh, my God. I know. I wish they taught um, just kind of more spinal cord injury mechanics in regular mainstream schools because I sure didn't know anything about it either when my injury happened. So something to talk about with administrators one day, right? But yeah, for yeah sure. I know. So, okay. So where did you do your rehab and everything back in 2000? So, um. So the nearest, like, uh, larger town was Medford to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so they flew me over to Providence in Medford, and I, I did my uh, rehab stay here. And okay. back then, um, you know, gosh, I got almost, like, three months of rehab, um, wow. and, which is crazy because nowadays, like, <laughs> some of the newly injured, they're, like, trying to push them out at two weeks. How so. do they do that? How is that? How is, I don't understand how that's safe. I don't get it. I, I don't either. So luckily, um, I loved my rehab stay. Everybody there was wonderful. And it was yeah. like really a learning experience to like yeah. try to learn how to live again with a yeah. whole different body. And, and I all mean, that. that's just so we could talk about this, about this for a million years. I mean, I mean, how did you make the decision to do a manual or a power chair? Because I think a lot of times when you're a C5-6 quad, that's like a big decision to make. Yeah. So um I did try a manual chair a little bit and mm-hmm. it was such a struggle even on flat ground. And I feel like yeah. I'm kind of a weak C5, C6. So and am I. So, um, yeah. mm-hmm. I never got to try like the, uh, the emotion wheels, like the push assist right. or anything, which I would have loved to, cause maybe I'd be stronger now if I was totally around all these years. I feel the same um, way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just went with the, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. So I went with the the recommendation, right? like you need a power mm-hmm. chair. So yeah. same with me. I know you just kind of don't know. And that's the thing. People nowadays, you have a lot better options, don't they? When it comes to yeah. chairs and that kind of thing. It's really awesome. So cool. I mean, you were like, so you were 19, you said when you this all happened to you? I was 20. Yeah. 20. So obviously at any age is difficult for you. What was your like? level of depression like those first couple of years what how did you handle it all because some people handle it really really difficultly and some people do okay you know I got really lucky in that front um I I was ready for a change in my life uh not you know not this change I wouldn't mm-hmm. have picked this but like uh I, I didn't get like super depressed like I went into it with a pretty positive outlook and I, I i knew right from the beginning like they, they were really clear about like this is a permanent injury there isn't coming back from this and you know yeah. i see some people like struggle with like oh this isn't permanent you know it's only temporary and like yeah. i accepted right away like this is permanent and i had like a ton of family and friend support and i just like for, it was easier for to be strong for them mm-hmm. because i was seeing like the look on my mom's face and how much emotion so i was really trying to be mm-hmm. strong for for her yeah. which in in turn made me be strong for myself, you know? So yeah. I got lucky in that part. Gosh, you are blessed that way. Cause not everybody has that positive mindset or just, you know, the ability to trudge through it. It took me a couple of years to finally kind of feel like, Oh, you know, this isn't terrible. Right. But um, for a lot of people, I know, you know, peer support, we can talk about this more later, but for you, did you ever have anyone come into your room and talk to you after your injury who was injured for a while? I did. And, and yeah. also I think that really helped shape it, it, that shaped my journey through it because, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying like everything was like peaches and cream. Uh, right. but, like, there was mm-hmm. definitely some down days when I was laying there, like, like, Oh my gosh, this is, 
This is so crazy. But I did have a couple guys that came in and talked to me that, uh, you know, had had a spinal cord injury for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they came in like smiling and talking about all the stuff they still do. Yeah. And that little spark of like positivity, just like I, I was able to feed off it and really oh. like channel it. I love that. So, you know, and that's the thing, you know, life is short, right? In the grand scheme of things. And I think a lot of times spinal cord injury survivors kind of, you know, understand that a little bit too, you know, waiting for a cure that might never come well before you know it, you'll be 55 or whatever. Right. And what are you going to do then? I always feel like that. It's kind of sad waiting, you know, but yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, so cool. So you, you know, you met some awesome people and rehab and the, so when you finally went home and stuff, can you talk about like, kind of what it was like those first few years? Did you find a job or what, go to school or what was your, what was your life like? Um, gosh, my life was, it was crazy. Cause so like, I knew from the start, like I wasn't going to be able to go back home. I was from mm-hmm. this tiny little town that had oh, no accessibility. Yeah. It rains a ton. The weather sucks. And oh, that's where like, that's where all my family was. And okay. I was like, I, I can't go back there. The house I was living in was not even close to being accessible. Mm-hmm. And so I like made this decision, like, I'm going to try to stay in Medford. Um, it, it's got, you know, my doctors are here and it has yeah. some things to do from a wheelchair. And so it, like, it was, it was a struggle those first two years, like yeah. just, you know, it's a struggle on its own, just learning how to, you know, pee and poop and manage your body and all this stuff yeah. that goes on with SCI. But yeah. then like, yeah, being so far away from my family support. Um, oh, but yeah. luckily, um, yeah. like, they all kind of slowly started moving over here one by one. Really? And so they all kind of migrated over here. And uh, like, I, I was so lucky. I, I had the best like family support system. And there's no way I could have gone through it and come out where I am with without that support system. Well, that's amazing. So did you find an accessible apartment? out of the hospital or what kind of housing were you able to kind of secure for yourself? So out of the hospital, like once my, once my time was up, like I milked it as long as I could at rehab, (laughs) but once it was like, Mm -hmm. you have to go. um, I had been putting in for accessible apartments and I could not find one anywhere. Yeah. They're so so, hard to find. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. And then, so they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to put you in like a, you know, a, a rehab facility um, until you find one. And I was like, you know, I had no idea. And I was like, all right, you know, it sounds all right. And they made it sound all cool. And mm. then I get there to this oh, place. No. And, uh, you know, it was, it was like um, a place, an elderly retirement home, basically, mm-hmm. uh, with not enough care. And I was used to getting like, you know, amazing care in the oh rehab setting. And so I get there. And not only that, I get stuck with a roommate and bless his heart. It was a terrible roommate. <laughs> and like, I lasted six days there and was oh. like, I am going to go crazy. You know, I'm, I'm trying to adjust to this whole new life. Put in here. And so uh, I went out and rented the most non-accessible apartment ever and (laughs) I made it work and uh, anything Mm -hmm. was better than staying there, but like, I couldn't even get in the bathroom uh, in my chair. So like I was having to do my bow routine and my bedroom, but anything was better than being at that place. I don't Um, blame you. I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's a difficult situation. You know, you're trying to transition into suddenly you're, you're an able-bodied young man and suddenly you're a disabled young man. And now I have to live in this place too. Like that's too much to handle right away. I would say for sure. I'm glad that you were able to figure that out. Yeah. It was. So 
so I was on a lot of wait lists and uh, I had to stay in that apartment for six months until I got my first like chair accessible apartment. And oh. that, that was huge. Um, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Um, but there were, it was kind of crazy too. Cause through all that, you know, I, I went through a, a breakup with the girl that I was dating before my accident, um, okay. who was, you know, helping with my care and stuff. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, adjustments in there, but um, yep. like I said, I was really lucky and I had family that like stepped in and, and That's helped great. whatever I needed. So that's good. Well, you know, it's tough at that age. I remember going through that kind of similar to you, but you sound like you, so gosh, so, you know, <laughs> I know on this list of questions I sent you, so I want to go back to this question list because I have one. I know you had some career goals. Did you have any idea of what you wanted to do career-wise before you were injured, right? And then how did that change after? Because I know a lot of guys have like more physical, you know, things they want to do right and then for you was it something like that or did you always want to do like what you're doing today no not at not at all I didn't even realize what I'm doing today was even a possibility okay. um ba- you know back then I was I was kind of a wild child I grew up uh kind of um, my mom had been through a couple divorce and I didn't really have a father figure so okay. I wasn't really set with goals I, w- I was a hard worker I never went without a job but like, I wasn't thinking big picture. It was, you know, working okay. my current job and, uh, yeah. and just kind of living in the now. So cool. it wasn't until like after my injury that I really started to like reevaluate like life goals and what I wanted to do and like what yeah. makes me happy yeah. and all that stuff. That's kind of nice. You know, I know as is Oregon's known for being kind of an outdoorsy place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So were you that kind of guy outdoor camping a lot and like fishing and that kind of stuff before your injury? Was that like your life or? No, totally was outdoorsy. Um, Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. rarely was I indoors. Like it was always like, um, you know, out camping with friends or out up river and swimming and, and yeah, beach, a lot of time on the beach, just all sorts of outdoor stuff and sports and all the fun stuff. So you were a busy guy. And then suddenly, you know, being a quad, but I know. And then you just kind of learn it. And so I know I was going to ask you about, it's kind of a good segue, adaptive, you know, sports recreational opportunities. Have you tried anything like that out in Oregon? I, so I haven't done a ton of sports just because uh, I'm not a very strong quad. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of them are hard for me, Mm -hmm. but I have done some really cool stuff with track chairs and getting out on the beach. And really getting to explore the beaches again, which I went so long without being able to do. They have um, this new, it's not like a newish program that they've introduced to the, the state park beaches, right? Um, Not here in Oregon, but there's a nonprofit okay. that does um, provide oh, some track chairs so that's to help where get people through. out. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then so um, oh, I got to uh, go out with Amp Surf um, okay. quite a few years ago. Oh. And they helped me get prone on a surfboard and took me out and catch some waves. And that was like one of the coolest experiences ever. That's awesome. And now in the waves right by your state, there's some nice waves out there. Yeah, there's some decent ones. I mean, not, not Southern California waves, but good enough. So you were, so you did it right there in Oregon though with Amster. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We were in Coos Bay, Oregon for it. Yeah. Have you done any skiing since you're kind of close to the ski areas of the world? I haven't, but um, uh, Mount Ashland, which is really close to me, yeah. they just got an uh, adaptive sit ski up there. Uh, I think it was last year. Really? So it's, I'm going to try to make it up there this year. And you give should it a go. Whirl. 
it's fun. I'm like a is weak it? C5, 6 quad, and I was trying to do the outriggers, and they're like, you know what? You're not really strong enough for that. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And they're like, you can totally get in a ski, and you can learn to steer with just your body, and you have to learn to balance the ski with your head and your shoulders. It's really hard. It's actually really fun, and you could totally practice doing that if you ever want to go set skiing. Oh, that sounds fun. It's really fun. And then you face plant, and the ski tips over, and you get snow in your face. <laughs> it's really great it's i like, highly recommend uh, it <laughs> i gotta try it um when i was when i was doing the surfing i did flip off the board uh okay. and went okay. underwater and but beforehand the, the guys told me like if you flip off the board just hold your breath i promise we got you but that was like <laughs> the weirdest feeling like Ooh. being underwater and just thinking Ooh. like huh i hope they really do have me and, <laughs> and i wasn't under very long and they they got me and pulled me right back up and stuff but yeah it was, it was awesome. a very interesting feeling that's great. I've always wanted to do the surfing thing. I've never done that. That's so cool. Awesome. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about, well, your personal life. I know you have a kid and you're married and I, I don't need to go into like how, you know, detail, but I, you know, do you mind sharing like how you met your wife and like over along the journey of, you know, being a guy with paralysis? No, totally. I'm, I'm yeah. good with that. So yeah. actually I met my wife in 07 on MySpace actually Ooh. i know and i totally like sent her the first message trying to be flirty and we <laughs> just like totally hit it off um and we chatted for a while and then uh the weird part is that she ended up living like five blocks away from me <laughs> and uh her sister and my younger brother both worked at red lobster together at the time but we had never crossed paths so it was just kind of meant oh to be gosh. i guess that's so cute. So MySpace and MySpace meeting, like kind of thing. So, okay. You know, I know a lot of people when they're paralyzed and they meet somebody and all that jazz, it gets kind of nerve wracking. Your confidence is never that great. How was it with, how'd you know she was the one, I guess? Cause you know, she was like obviously very accepting of your disability. Yeah. Um, at the time, I don't know if I knew, like, I mean, I knew like I was really into her, but mm -hmm. like, you know, I had, I had, dated quite a bit and like I guess you can just tell like eh, they're not gonna hang in this you know because <laughs> SCI is a whole different yeah, world um, there. but there was definitely something different and she just never made me feel like disabled I guess like Aww. she was like always willing to like help out with whatever was needed to be able to go do some cool stuff and like it was yeah. it was just really cool that's great you know it's and so you um and then you guys got married. So how many years did you guys date until you got married? We met in 07 and, and got married in, in 2010. So three years. Wow. Okay. And you're yeah. actually legally married. Were you were you worried about losing benefits or anything like that if you get married? I know some people have to worry about that. I guess it depends on what your spouse is making, huh? Yeah. And big time. Yes. And mm -hmm. I, I did like, you know, talk to my caseworker and, yeah. and that stuff first. And like looking mm -hmm. back. I think I would have still like gotten married, but maybe not filed the paperwork. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, I hear you. Like, I hear you. I'm all about mm -hmm. like the commitment and all that, but yeah. Yeah, you know, on paper, I don't really care. Yeah. Cause you do have to kind of, anyways, it's kind of, I'm forever engaged. I say, cause I will lose yeah. like my, you know what I mean? It kind of sucks. Yeah, but... It complicates things for sure. Yeah. But that's great. So you guys got your wedding. Oh my gosh. So now, um, <clears throat> Now, did you always want to be a father after your, after your, or even before your injury was the idea of being a dad? I know for a lot of guys who are paralyzed, you know, they know it's a possibility you can do the IVF, but 
for you, what was that like? What was, you know, being a dad, was that something you guys wanted to do? So even before my accident, like I mm -hmm. always knew that I wanted to be a dad. Um, my yeah. mom had six kids and then uh, I had a few oh. stepbrothers and sisters too. So we had yeah. like a super large family and okay. like, I always knew that I wanted to do it. But then after my accident, like there just wasn't a lot of info. And so oh. okay. for a long time, I just uh, didn't know if it was possible um, right. and was yeah. always hopeful and then I, I met with a urologist and asked some questions and like, it was like the worst consultation ever. He was like, yeah, you, you won't be able to afford this. And that's about the answer I got. Oh, um, and so I was sad. like, I was really mm -hmm. down about it for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then um, my wife has endometriosis. And so oh. she went in and saw a, um, like a specialist for that. And that um, female doctor happened to also be a fertility specialist. And so she was asking questions and we were like, you know, we, we had, did a consultation and it didn't really go well. And she's like, she's like, don't let anybody tell you no until I tell you no. Let's, <laughs> let's, if you guys want, we'll give it a whirl. Aww. And so like our hopes got way up and like, uh, and we got lucky. We didn't have to do IVF. Even nice. that was the next step. We were able to conceive with IUI. Oh, um, what does that mean? Wasn't, um, oh gosh, IUI. What's that stand for? Um, Gosh. Let's so basically they um inseminate her in the office, but okay. not not um not as um invasive as IVF. Oh, and I bet you so they don't take her egg out then and put it in a peachy no. dish. I see. Yeah. I bet you they just put the stuff up in her and over the best kind of situation, Correct. right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's great. So that worked. Wow. You guys got oh, that is so great. So I bet you were thrilled, huh? thrilled yeah um yes uh and you know there was a lot of like ups and downs with it too i mean uh yeah so that the whole like fertility journey is like amazing but like nothing is more of like an emotional like heart-wrenching roller coaster than like trying and it doesn't work and trying and it works you know imagine. and are like yeah it, so it, it was uh it, but like i wouldn't change it for anything but yeah and you so. have one kid right your one son one kid yes we have yeah. a son he is uh six years old Beautiful. um okay i would love for him to have some brothers and sisters but yeah. gosh i'm you know i'm 42 now and my <laughs> wife's almost 40 and so like uh and, and it's, it's not cheap you know fertility issues are not cheap oh uh, really okay. and and there's so much like uh, it's, it's such an emotional roller coaster that we um we've talked about adopting so we'll yeah. definitely have a second at some point but um we'll probably take that route and my yes. wife's father was adopted and so perfect he, it was still yeah. something we have talked about even before this that uh it's something we wanted to do because her um her dad was like very high on his adoptive parents and like Aww. talked nothing but wonderful things about him so it'll That's be awesome. my parts yeah, you know, you guys, you know, you always, you know, having the only kid there, I bet you, you're like, oh, that whole, you know, you feel like you want to give him a sibling. So I hope you guys do do that at some point. That's going to be awesome. But even if he's the only kid, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. My fiance is the, an only child and he ended up all right. So. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just like yeah. trying to like not raise like a spoiled only child, <laughs> but it's so hard. It, 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 it might end up happening a little bit, but you know, it's not yeah. that bad. So, okay. So, you know, when you're a dad in a wheelchair and you have a son who's able-bodied, what kind of situations have, have you ever just felt 
you know, gosh, I wish I could do more. And how do you get over that feeling of wishing you could do more, you know, for your kid physically? Um, oh gosh, I probably wish that every day. Yes. And I don't know if you ever really like completely get over that feeling. Okay. Um, but you just kind of, for me, I just learned to, you know, adapt around it and, and just try to be like as interactive as possible. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, like, because that feeling is always there. Like, gosh, I wish, I wish like this, this year, this summer, I um, coached his T-ball team. What? And I, cool. I know it was so much fun. And like, I, but like in the back of my head, I was like, gosh, like, I wish I could like teach him to throw better. I know, and, right? Like, yeah. There's just all those things that like, yeah, don't throw like me because it's not going to work. Buddy. <laughs> Here's a so, video kids. Watch this guy. Right. I don't even yeah. know how you, so, but yeah. Luckily, my sister has a, a daughter um, a year younger than our son. So we got them both on the same t-ball team and we we coached it together. So, you know, she was able to do a lot of the, the physical teaching and I was able to teach more of like the uh, other part of it. I love that. That's so great. You put yourself right out there. You're the coach of the team. That's great. But you get a lot of questions from the other kids, huh? I did. Yeah, lots of them. And uh, that's great because nothing's like I, I love when kids ask questions because Adults yeah. tend to not, and the kids are like, they don't care. They're They'll ask you anything. question of the book. Yeah, and I love it. I'm like, and I encourage that. So that's so great. And that kind of is also what brings us to your current job because honestly, that's kind of what you're doing. You're answering questions about paralyzed life, but you're doing it right with the or what's the name of the organization? The Oregon. Can you please, like, oh, I feel bad. I forget the full name of it. You're fine. It's a, it's a mouthful. Um, it's mm-hmm. Oregon Spinal Cord Injury Connection. Right. Right. So, okay. Tell us about how, like what your job title is with them and how you, you know, got started doing that real quick. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with how it started. So yeah. after my accident, we briefly talked about how um, a couple of people came in and talked to me in rehab yeah. Yeah. and like, I always knew like, I want to do that too. And so when I, when I met my wife when we were first dating, I like told her like how much of a difference it made. And I, I, I really wanted to do this. And she was like, well, you know what's stopping you let's do it so like I went around to the local rehab places here and like introduced myself and told them like I I really want to be available for anybody that ever wants to talk any newly injured and so slowly over time you know I started getting phone calls and I'd go in and meet with them and I just like absolutely loved doing it it was like it just warmed my heart it filled me up and so I started thinking like how can I do this more what what more can I do and so I was like looking online and I had never heard of United Spinal and I came across their website and yeah. like they had a button like, you know, become a peer mentor in your area. Yeah. So I clicked it and like they sent me the contact info for the chapter up in Portland. Um, wow. And so I, I reached out to that chapter and like just kind of said like, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. And uh, I got a phone call from uh, Wes Livaday, who is the chapter leader. Cool. Um, in, in the Portland one. And he started the nonprofit organ spinal cord injury connection. Okay. And so we started like talking and like, that is like when the bromance started, um, <laughs> like we just hit it mm. off so well. And like, mm. I was telling him like what I was doing and what I want to do. And he started telling me about his nonprofit. He was just getting going and, cool. and the goals there and how he wanted to build like a team of community health workers to serve the spinal cord injury community wow. in Oregon. And like my yeah. dreams and hopes and his like <laughs> mission and vision just oh. like lined up so well. 
that uh, I ended mm-hmm. up coming on to his board of directors and what? like getting to help like shape the direction. And uh, then I got you know certified as a community health worker in Oregon and okay. really got started there. That's great. What does that mean, certified as a community health worker? Is that like something you do through the state or something? Yeah. So I, I think it's ninety. It's like a ninety-hour course. So I had okay. to. Um, I went to the local college here, Road Community College, and oh. I went through the thing. And then after I was done, um, applied to the state, and then got like certified as a community health worker. Ah, it's um, like that's awesome. Yeah. So you're like official. You're totally official. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> that's so awesome. So this is like so you're on the board, but you're so how so are you doing a lot of Zoom peer support, or are you going like what kind of or are you, are you um, facilitating like group meetings too, or what kind of um, stuff are you doing? Yeah. So, so yes. What is a community health worker? Yeah. That's a great question. And I don't yeah. know if I know the answer <laughs> for, for us, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the Jack of all trades in the SCI community. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are doing meetups. We do a monthly meetup in person. And then we also through, through COVID, we had started doing a, uh, a virtual meetup also. Um, oh. But it's it's a good hit, and so we've we've kept it. You know, even as we're moving outside of um, COVID, we're still doing a virtual meetup on Zoom. That's but the great. in-persons are, are great, mm-hmm. and then we do um, a lot of programming. Um, so some campability, some hand cycling oh. events, nice. uh, a beach day. Nice. Let's see, I know I'm missing stuff. Oh, the meetups, uh, oh, wheelchair maintenance workshops. Yeah. I need to move so, to Oregon. You guys were doing way more stuff than we we're doing out here in Minnesota. I tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, it's warmer. I can tell you that. That's awesome though. Fun. So you're kind of helping, you're always present at these events then helping out and stuff. Yes. Especially at the, so, so Oregon spinal cord injury connection started Mm -hmm. in Portland, which is like the Northern tip of uh, Oregon. And I'm down here in Medford, which is like the very Southern end. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's great because I get to bring this programming that was going on in Portland um, down to this huge community down here in Southern Oregon that didn't have the access to it. So it really has worked out um, really good that we are far apart. Um, I love that. You're doing so. some really cool stuff. And so you have to be in Oregon though, to be part of this group pretty much. Right. Obviously. Um, I mean, no, you know, I mean, yes and no, it depends on how much you like to travel. <laughs> so we have had people travel in from out of state to like participate okay. in like the campability stuff, okay. but what um, is campability not, not, like it's campability like a summer thing you gotta you can actually camp overnight yes so campability um we have teamed up with another nonprofit called adventures without limits okay I know um, that. And, yeah. yeah they're amazing so you know mm-hmm. together we bring like this line of camping events through the summer i think we did five this year and mm-hmm. yeah, the other it's for two nights and really you know having an sci and camping it's already hard yeah it's already daunting enough Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um what they do is they they bring all the equipment like the tents the accessible cots like all the steps so really you just have to worry about getting yourself there with with you know with whatever needs you have um and then once you're there like all your equipment is there and ready and you know they even um cook the meals and all that so it's like (sighs) it's a really really cool thing to get people back outdoors and let them know like hey you still can camp that would be fun. The trees out in Oregon are there. Is it kind of like reminiscent of like the big ones you see in Washington state too? Kind of. Yeah. It depends where you're at, but there's some really big ones uh, out here. And then the redwoods aren't far away. Um, that's that's when you get like the giant ones. Oh, there'll be Bigfoot around there. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I know that's Rumor. a part of the country. I I love the Pacific Northwest though. I've been to Seattle, but I've never been to Oregon. I think it's gorgeous. So that sounds awesome. The camping out there is really fun. That yeah. sounds and fun. Oregon's way cooler than Seattle. No offense. All right. A mental note. I need to come visit. I love this. You are, you're doing some great stuff. I love this, Casey. Now, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time here because Zoom's going to boot me off. But oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. yeah. So before, yeah, do you have any links you want to share with people if they want to check out this Oregon group or anything else? Yeah, you know, they could go to www.oregonsci.org. And that is our landing page. And then from there, we have links to all the campability and all the cool programming that we're doing. Super, because I know there's got to be some people out there going to be like, oh, my God, this sounds great. And yeah, and you're doing some cool stuff. I, if I ever am out there, I'm going to try to go to an event. I'll check you out. This sounds awesome. Would love to have you. Yeah, it would be yeah. super cool. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing your story. And thanks for being on our podcast, your first podcast. This is great. Right. Thanks for having me. I love it. And I uh, definitely want to do it again sometime. For sure. Well, have a good Thanksgiving, okay? Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. All right. Bye, Casey. Thank you. See ya. Bye.